Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. I'm Jordan Morandini. Jordan, how you doing today? Good, Jack. I'm I'm happy you actually invited you invited me back <laughs> after <laughs> after my performance on the last one. Yeah, I feel like we typically talk every like four months on these or so. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, it is rare for me to make a repeat appearance. What two weeks later? Uh, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I was happy to get the text of you inviting me back. So. <laughs> They get all NFL playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I said last time, I was like, hey, you, you should come back for conference championships, and we're here now. Yeah. And, our picks yeah. weren't bad enough. Like, they weren't too bad to the point where I, you know, was going to be embarrassed to make an appearance back on. So we'll take how'd it. You do, how'd you do in terms of picks the first weekend? First weekend, I was two and two, and last weekend, I was two and two. So four and what? four so far. Respectable. But I, I you know, I like, I like to pick some upsets. You know, it was pretty – a lot of people were just picking the four home teams last week. That's no fun. I picked three of those home teams. <laughs> three of so you went three and one? Three and one, and then let's see. The previous weekend, I picked – I know I picked the Chargers game correctly. Uh, Who did you pick in the I, Cowboys, Seahawks? I, I, I guess I went one for three the first – or one and three the first week. Okay. So we're oh, both so we're four even. and four. We're both four and four. All right, we'll take yeah. it. We'll take. Nothing wrong with being 500. And a lot the of funny thing is, you've been consistently two and two. I know. I've been a reverse one and three, three and one. So you don't know what you're going to get from me this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan, let me ask you real quick. Uh, we're going to talk about these conference championship games. It's a really fun time of year, in my opinion. Uh, but first, what has surprised you most so far in these playoffs? Let's just look back on the first couple weekends. Yeah, Jack, so there were a couple things, I think, last weekend that were a little bit surprising to me. Um, one of the upsets I had picked a, a week ago, I, ha- I had the Cowboys over the Rams. And it's interesting because I didn't think the Cowboys would beat the Seahawks in the first r- round. Yeah. But then I saw, you know, and the Cowboys really, really impressed me against the Seahawks in that game. And I think one of the things that has really impressed me, or at least impressed me last week, was the Rams' ability to run the ball. I thought that was yeah. one of the more surprising things. I thought Goff was going to have to make a lot of plays to win that game, and Jackie really didn't have to make any plays to win that game. Uh, C.J. Anderson ran over 100 yards. That might have been the most surprising thing in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, C.J. Anderson, he had seven more carries than Todd Gurley in a playoff game. That was surprising. Well, yeah, and I think that they kind of really were just going with the hot hand. I mean, CJ Anderson was averaging really 10 yards a carry for a majority of that game. Um, So really there was no reason to go away from him. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Gurley's been kind of banged up. And when you have a guy running as well as Anderson was in that game, there really wasn't a reason to feed, feed, feed Todd Gurley uh, and just keep him as healthy as possible for the conference championship. And I'm looking up real quick. How recently did CJ Anderson join the team? (laughs) It, uh, what was it right before the playoffs because he's i think he was cut by two different teams he jack was, i got it here uh december 18th okay he was cut by the panthers panthers had him initially and they cut him after mccaffrey kind of really truly broke out yeah um and then somebody else had signed him who signed him? I, I got it here the raiders signed him on December 5th, and then caught him on December 11th. Okay. (laughs) And and, and now he is running for over 100 yards in a divisional playoff game. Yeah. It's a great story. It is a great story. It's kind of like that, uh, who was that guy? The Patriots had, was 
did Jonas Gray do that in the playoffs one year? I don't know if it was a playoff game, but I do yeah. know he had four touchdowns in his pretty much lone appearance in the league. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, if it wasn't a playoff game, then I'm thinking of Blunt in the playoffs when Blunt had just joined the team. But yeah. Well, and I think another thing, too, is you look at C.J. Anderson and, you know, it, he didn't look like he was in phenomenal shape or anything out no. there either. <laughs> he, uh, he looked like maybe he had a little extra weight on him. But really, it was, I think that was almost helping him. He, he was breaking tackles. He was pretty much bullying the Cowboys defense throughout this game, Jack. Yeah. And what did he end up with? 23 carries, 123 and two touchdowns. Uh, it was just a phenomenal performance by the Rams running game. And really, that to me was the most impressive thing I think I've seen so far. Most shocking thing for me was uh, a ball going right through Alshon Jeffrey's hands. Oh, oh. I'll tell you what, Chicago fans like that. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. They were all over Twitter after that one. But yes, it was, that, I mean, he has some of the best hands in the league, Jack. He's up there in terms, I would say. <clears throat> he made yeah, some he, great catches in that game as well. Yes, he did. And you know what's funny? You bring up Chicago. Who is the guy, the goat of the game for the Bears in the game they lost, was a former Eagle, Cody Parkey. And in this game, it was a former Bear for the Eagles. It's amazing how things turn out, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's actually a good game to talk about, though, Jack. Let's discuss that one a little bit. Yeah. Because, look, I think coming in, I think a lot of people figured, and I know you picked the Eagles to win this game. I think a lot of people saw this as a game that they thought the Saints would kind of run away with. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that 14 nothing start for the Eagles, you kind of felt like there, you know, Breeze was going to get back into it. It wasn't going to be the Eagles coming into New Orleans and blowing out the Saints. Yeah. But I think it was a very interesting game in terms of that Saints defense. Really, after that, th those first two drives, they were phenomenal throughout that game. And I think that that's definitely something in terms of, you know, how dangerous are the Saints? Maybe people underestimate a little bit um, just because of that, how good their offense is. But, you know, that's that's a big time defense in New Orleans that they have as well. So do you come away from this game feeling more positive about the Saints or do, are you a little more concerned? Because I thought that 14 point uh, deficit was a cause for concern going into a game against the Rams where the Rams, I feel like if you're playing the Rams and you go down 10 or 14, whatever it is, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to come back from that. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, but I do think, you know, it could have been maybe a little rust factor, nerves factor, first game of the playoffs for the Saints. Um, you're at home, you know, all the adrenaline's going, and then all of a sudden, wow, Foles is lighting you up. Um, I think it, it's a really good thing in terms of momentum for them because, wow, you score, what, 20 unanswered. You're able to win. You're able to come away with a big win like that. Um, but in terms of, you know, am I does that scare me a little bit about the Saints? I wouldn't say so just because of how well the defense played after that first quarter. Um, the offense, you know, you saw Michael Thomas be or at least look like one of the best receivers in the league. I think it, really the offense looked a lot like you would expect them to. Um, but I will say, Jack, that that offense is going to have to be better, I would say, against the Rams this week. Yeah, I think so too. Um, however, I do think it is a big cause for concern, and here's mm -hmm. why. I don't think that this was just a one-time. So in week 14, yep. they went down 14 nothing against Tampa Bay, 
And then I also want to let me just check on this one more thing real quick. Uh, I believe they were down Steelers at halftime. It was no, not at halftime. They were down at some point in that game. They got bailed out by some. Mm -hmm. Okay, that one's different. Forget that one. But (laughs) okay, they have gone down. We saw what Mm -hmm. happened when they played Dallas and the offense wasn't moving. Mm -hmm. I know that was a weird game. I'm just concerned about this team. I don't know why. I feel like they keep squeaking by that game in Philly. I really thought they were going to lose down the stretch. And I do think that if they go down against the Rams, that is a big danger for them. Yeah, I would agree there. And, I mean, who knows what happens in that game if Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball. I mean, they were they were going to be on, what, the 25 or the 30 with – what, a minute and a half remaining? So Foles had a lot of time to operate, and really the Eagles could have ended up winning that game if that ball isn't intercepted. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think I get what you're saying, but I do think you need to look at it from the other side. And, wow, maybe this team is resilient. They're able to bounce back if they're yeah. down early. Um, and, look, that's a really tough place to play, Jack. Drew, <laughs> Drew Brees is really, really hard to beat there in the postseason all time. I think, what, he's 6-0. and um, I think he has four. No, uh, let's see. Let me pull up the number. Yeah, sixty-nine percent completion percentage and fourteen TDs and just two picks in the dome. So he, I mean, he's a very, very dangerous quarterback there. And look, they have the type of offense where if you're down a touchdown, you're down ten points early, they're able to get back into the ball game. Yeah, they can definitely score quick. I just, again, I think that are they going to be able to stop Todd Gurley and mm-hmm. CJ Anderson in a situation where? they're playing from behind, I think that could be problematic for them. That's that's well, where I'm at. Yeah, and they're then let's be real, they're facing a whole different monster with yes. Todd Gurley and company in the backfield. I mean, the Eagles started who Wendell Smallwood in this game, who yeah. really hadn't been getting carries all season. The Eagles really never had a good rushing attack this season. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably, if you want to talk key matchups here in the conference championship game, I would say the Saints against the run is going to be a big time factor uh, in determining the winner here. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that being a very big X factor. I think that's big. I would agree. And then if you you talk about the Eagles, the Eagles were a team that were kind of a grinded out team down the stretch. At least that that's how they won that game in Chicago. They had to hold their opponent to under what, 20, 24, 16, 15 in Chicago. Yeah. And how many points did the Saints put up last week? Only 20, 20 to yeah. 13, 20 to 14. Yeah, so they had to keep you under 20. They could have won that game mm-hmm. uh, given where it's at, but they didn't have I know Foles was a great story. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to be a team that was going to put up 40 if they needed to. So the Rams can put up 40. We've seen them do it many times this season. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, we have. But again, with the Rams, we've also seen them give up a lot of points. While this, yeah. defense, uh, this defense can be dangerous at times, it can make some plays. They have a lot of playmakers. Uh, yeah. Aaron Donald's a big-time playmaker. I know the corners get a lot of love, Tlaib, um, and oh, who am I, who's Marcus the other Peters. one? Marcus Peters, yes. Um, but look, they get, they give up a lot of points here and there. Remember, they had that game against Kansas City where it was what fifty four to fifty one. Like, they, yeah, it can like they can get in some of these track meets a little bit. And look, the Saints are that type of team where they have the offense that's able to put up those points. Um, so that'll be a big factor as well. Is you know how well can this Rams defense play? Because they did play it well at well at home, um, 
But again, the Cowboys offense is, is a heavy step down from what the Saints have to offer. Well, let's come back for the picks on this game. Let's give those a little later. Uh, was there any? Do you, are there any other things in this matchup that you're really looking at that you think could be a uh, big determining factor of who wins? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think we mentioned the running game of the Rams. That'll be crucial. And really, Jack, what it might come down to is while the running game will be crucial, is Jared Goff able to make yes. enough plays? I think that's going to be a yeah. big time factor. Um, I think if you look at these two teams and you look at, well, the running games of these two teams, I think Kamara and Ingram are able to counter Gurley and Anderson pretty well. Um, you look at the playmakers on the outside, you know, the Rams have Brandon Cooks, um, the Saints have Michael Thomas. You know, the, really, these teams are too, quite similar in terms of the offenses. Um, but the QB is kind of where, you know, you look at these and you put them on, down on paper and you're like, well, big advantage Saints with Drew Brees, especially since Goff has to play on the road here. So I think yeah. Jared Goff, it'll be really interesting. You know, he's a guy who had a really, really good start to the season, Jack, and kind of tailed off towards the end of the season as the season went on. Like I said in that game against the Cowboys, he really didn't have to make many plays. He only threw for 186 yards. I don't think, yeah, he didn't find the end zone. Um, so he's a guy like that really hasn't, he didn't have to do anything there. And it might've almost been better for the Rams if he had to do something in that game, make a couple big plays, gain some confidence in a playoff atmosphere. Um, because playing in that Superdome, it's a whole different animal. Um, so I think golf is going to be a huge factor. And to be quite honest, Jack, he's going to have to make plays, I think for the Rams to win this game. Yeah, he's had a Jekyll and Hyde kind of season. It's been very odd because, like you said, came out of the gates. Everyone was talking about him in the same sort of realm as Mahomes mm-hmm. in terms of quarterbacks <laughs> on the yep. rise this year. Mm-hmm. And we still don't necessarily know what he is. He looks good, though. I think he's, I mean, I think he's legit, but how legit? That's the question. Well, I think a big factor, too, is, and I, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but like, Losing, I know Cooper Cup isn't a huge name or anything, but he was a big factor for the Rams' passing offense early in this season. And yeah. and it, I hate to say that it really hurt Goff hugely that you know he was hurt. He ended up getting hurt, but Cooper Cup was a big piece for them early in this year, and I think he was kind of crucial for you know Goff's development. He's a good safety blanket. Um, but he, again, he played in the first eight games and had 566 yards and six touchdowns. Um, and then kind of after he got hurt, a couple of games after he got hurt was where golf kind of started to slant down. Um, so I think that was an important weapon, low key kind of that, that golf lost. Um, and I think, you know, his numbers kind of ever since that injury have dipped a little bit. Uh, so it was kind of a big hit for this Rams team. Yeah. Those guys have an established rapport. I didn't really thought much too much about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Also, I've heard those two guys are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother saw them at a party one time in LA <laughs> about a year ago, and they were the only two Rams guys there. So I just hey. think they're friends. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, you know the QB wide receiver connection too. That that's crucial. You know, it, it you look at all these teams. You know, that it would be like the Chiefs losing Kelsey because uh, Kelsey's kind of the safety blanket, or you know Brady losing Edelman. It's that t- same type of role in an offense that Cup kind of played for the Rams. That safety blanket, yeah. the guy who you can kind of trust, especially on third down. Um, so yeah, I think it was a big loss, and you know, like we said, I think Goff's going to have to make some big time plays in this game. 
uh, if the Rams are going to ha- end up having a chance to win it. So let's talk a little bit, Jordan, about what we've seen on the AFC side so far. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of chalk. Well, aside from, actually, I should uh, I shouldn't say chalk because there were upsets the first weekend. Both yep. wildcard teams won, mm-hmm. but none of these games have been particularly close. Well, yeah, I think, Jack, to be quite honest with you, the AFC side of things have been has been pretty disappointing in terms of like if you're a big fan of close games, games that come down to the wire, you really haven't gotten that on the AFC side. And while you know you can say, well, we got the best two teams left, I think that's definitely a fair assessment. Um, but you're dead on there in that there haven't been too many games. What was the, there was one game that was a one possession game, and that was the Ravens Chargers. Yeah, and, and that was like that was not feel, interesting until yeah, the end. Yeah, it didn't feel like a one possession game. It was a disaster <laughs> on the offensive side for Baltimore. Uh, so you're dead on there. This is it's it's been a little bit. I don't want to say boring, but a lot of blowouts on the AFC side. I feel like you know what would make these AFC playoffs better? Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, well, the Jaguars, yes. I was going to say the Steelers. but no, no, Well, actually, you know, we had a discussion. We have a group chat, and somebody tossed that out. They said, you know what? The AFC playoffs are missing. It's the Steelers because you can always count on the Steelers to make the game interesting regardless of if they end up winning or not. Exactly. And, it, and that is, I think it's dead on. Um, you know, the Roethlisberger to Juju and AB combo. It does feel a lot different, I think, on the AFC side without the Steelers in it this year. Yeah, I think they could beat anyone on any given day. They could also lose to anyone on any given day. Cough, uh, cough Oakland. <laughs> what? Cough Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I feel like it's kind of like how the playoff, ter- the college football playoff turned out this mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. in the sense of, okay, I don't think the Ravens are one of the best six teams in the AFC. I think the Steelers are a better team than the Ravens. I would agree. But the Ravens are definitely more deserving. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that. So sometimes you get a situation where maybe the maybe Georgia is better than Notre Dame or Oklahoma, yep. but they can't be in there because they don't deserve it. They shouldn't. No, 100%. And you want the, you want the six best teams regardless of – whether they no, you want the six most deserving. The six most teams. deserving. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Um, whether you feel one team is better, but their record doesn't say that, um, or their performance, you know, in some games that they should have won that they ended up losing, ended up costing them. You want the six most deserving teams, and Jack, that's how the NFL playoffs work. You always yeah, seem to get, the team, yeah, you always seem to get the teams. Um, what you know, you, there's always one or two teams on really both sides that you're like, wow, that you know. They might be better than the six or the five um, seed in this. Minnesota. Yep, yep. You could you could have looked at that, yeah. And then, but that's just not how it works. Every year, I I think that oh that was interesting. It is weird without the Steelers. It really is. I would agree. And um, in terms of, I mean, blowouts. Let's start getting into these games a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know the pat <laughs> Jack. What do we say about the Patriots? Or I know I really beat on it i was like you know it kind of feels like a year where tom brady is just gonna again prove that tom brady is tom brady <laughs> yeah we <laughs> and, agreed on that yeah we and, like, <laughs> and we what did we hear we and we discussed this i think on the first podcast that we did 
you know, everybody's been saying, oh, his weapons, they're done. Gronk's done. Uh, Edelman, done. Uh, he doesn't have a very good supporting cast. And then he goes up and puts up 41 in, in his opener here in the postseason. Um, and look, the, Jack, what were your thoughts on that game? Because I, I think we both thought the Patriots would win this game. Did you expect it to go the way it did? I actually did. I was okay. talking about it with my dad, and my dad's like, you know what? This is the end of the Patriots. <laughs> and my, my whole family has always just liked Brady. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everyone in my family appreciates Brady and is not a Patriots hater. Mm-hmm. So I think my dad was like, it's almost kind of sad. Like, I hate the fact that he's going to go out this way. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I know the Chargers are a good team, but yep. this seems like an ultimate at-home revenge against us against the world type of thing and they came out angry guns blazing and what did we see i was not surprised at all by this game to be honest i thought they would win by 10 Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't think it was going to be particularly close i know where people were coming from that liked the chargers Mm -hmm. because they do have a very talented team and i think that some of it comes probably from some excitement in terms of this is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in what four or five years or they've had some disappointing had some disappointing seasons for sure yeah and so everyone's like well rivers is better than brady now and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) well look philip rivers still has never beaten tom brady (laughs) correct that is a mind-blowing step for as long as these guys have (laughs) been in the league they're in the same conference Philip Rivers has never beat Tom Brady. That is, I can't get over that. And heading into this game, it felt like that was kind of crucial information <laughs> that Rivers had never been able to pull it off. Look, I, I, heading into this game, I did think the Patriots would handle the Chargers as well. I think the Chargers, maybe, you know, you look on paper, the Chargers definitely had some advantages in that game um, in terms of a lot of people think they had an advantage on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they might have, people probably thought Melvin Gordon's the best back. Keenan Allen might be the best receiver. But, I mean, in terms of, one, first off, the game plan the Pats had in this game was absolutely phenomenal. Um, from start to finish, Josh McDaniels was calling just a beautiful, beautiful game. In that first yeah. half, he was putting on a clinic. Uh, Brady was really, honestly, he didn't have to make too many tough throws. A lot of them were just perfectly developed, <laughs> excuse me, developed plays that ended up working very well. Sonny Michelle ran the ball very well. I think James White caught, what, 15 passes. Um, and really, Jack, that's the type of offense the Pats run, and it just seems like teams struggle to solve the, the puzzle. They struggle to solve the puzzle of these short little cross routes. Edelman had a big game. What do you have, nine for 151? Um, Gronk in the pass game was a non-factor, but I did like, Jack, and I I thought this was great uh, – who called this game? Was this the the Romo Nance game? Yeah, they, I thought Tony did a fantastic job um, making it a point to talk about Gronk. And sure, maybe he's you know not as quick or anything in the past game, and he's not. But he made a very strong point that Gronk's about as good as any blocking tight end in the league right now. Yeah, and I think that was a big factor in this game. It showed with the way they were able to run the ball, the way they were able to develop some passes for James White. Just a very, very well-called game on the offensive side of the ball by the Pats. The other thing I expected from the Patriots coming into the playoffs was 
I think Edelman's going to have a big game, and I think Gronk's, they're each going to have their own big game. Mm -hmm. And that was Edelman's, and maybe as another, we'll see. Mm -hmm. But to me, it feels like we're still going to see a couple of vintage Gronk moments in these playoffs. And you, you, you get the sense that it may be this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you get the sense that maybe Gronk is forced to make some big time plays against the Chiefs. I think that's a fair assessment. Look, I, well, also imagine the storylines going into this game. There are probably a lot of people who are writing and talking about Travis Kelsey has surpassed Gronk as the best tight end in the NFL. 100%. And Gronk's probably not liking what he's hearing in that sense. I bet I think he's going to have a good game. Well, and you look in past years. Look, the Chiefs' defense probably isn't focusing on Gronk nearly as much as maybe they would have in past years. Yeah. So that may open up some things. I know in the past you see doubles on Gronk consistently. I'm not sure you're going to see that anymore, and that may open up some lanes and some plays for Gronk in the passing game as well. Yeah, it will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got a bunch of <laughs> we got a few other blowouts. Uh, the Colts blew out the Texans. They did. And then the following week got blown out by the Chiefs. And that was another one that a lot of people were really tempted to pick that underdog team. Did you pick the underdog in that game? Yes, I did. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, w- I was dead right on the Colts in round one. And I think you picked the Texans in round one, correct? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. So, so I was dead right in week one in the first round and dead wrong in the second round. look i think in terms against the chief the chiefs colts game honestly andrew luck just came up really small jack watching that game to me and i know the offensive line didn't do nearly as good of a job as they did the week before and really hadn't uh i mean they were they did a fantastic job down the stretch and the chiefs were able to force some pressure on luck but you know watching that game luck really just didn't have a good game he missed some throws it looked like he was missing some zip on some throws um and on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs just took care of business, quite honestly. Um, there was a lot of talk heading into that game about how underrated the Colts' defense is. And then, you know, the story had uh, lining up to that game was, you know, the Colts hadn't really played that many good quarterbacks heading into that game either. And look, they go against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has a great day. Damian Williams out of the backfield has a great day. So very impressed. I was very impressed with the Chiefs in that game. You know what's interesting to me? is the fact that they picked apart a defense that has Watt and Clowney up on the front four, mm-hmm. and then they get killed by the Chiefs' defense, which I actually, I think that was a good, I think that was a really great victory for the Chiefs' defense. Oh, I would agree, no doubt about it. And I think, look, and I don't know the specific numbers here, but the Chiefs' defense is a lot better at home than it is on the road. And it, it's a very big distinction. Um, I want to say they average only giving up like 16 to 18 at home where on the road, it's, you know, 24, 25 plus. So this is a defense that, you know, when at Arrowhead has had some really, really good performances this year. Um, and Jack, to be quite honest with you, I think they're going to have to have a really good performance this week against Brady, um, to, to really have a chance in that game. I do think one of the things to really look out for here is discipline, um, the, the Patriots in games like this, they always seem to be extremely disciplined. You'll see very few penalties on the Patriots. 
um, in this in this AFC title game. And I think it's a very important that the Chiefs, you know, they don't bite into any personal foul flags, any roughing the passers, things that extend Brady drives, um, because those are the types of things that really kill you when you, you, put, you play a team like the Pats. And it's going to be funny when the Patriots don't receive many flags and then all of the Patriots haters are going to be like, what? How, how come the Chiefs got all these flags and the Patriots <laughs> didn't? Like, that's just a, I mean, that's the mark of a disciplined team. They don't, I mean, they're, you don't see them holding receivers too often. You don't see them hitting guys illegally. They're a very disciplined team. In Foxborough, they're known, or uh, Gillette, they're known to get, a few extra calls here and there that can be crucial in games. <laughs> now, here's an interesting stat, and I actually have two for you, Jack. Brady all-time on the road in the playoffs. Guess the record. How many games? Seven. Three and four. He's three and four on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. You know who has more road playoff wins than him? Uh, You're going to laugh at this. Is it someone playing right now? Uh, uh, it's, yeah, he's still in the league. I think he made a start this year. <laughs> he made a start this year. I, I think he made a start this okay, year. Okay, yes. um, can you give me some other sort of clue? Uh, he's beaten Brady in the playoffs. He's beaten Brady, <laughs> Blake Bortles? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Sanchez oh. has more road playoff wins than Tom Brady. Sanchez four, Tom Brady three. I was thinking about those Jets teams today, and I was thinking about because there was an opening for defensive coordinator with the Bears, with Vic Fangio accepting the head coaching mm -hmm. job in Denver. And yep. I heard people saying, like, I really hope the Bears don't get Rex Ryan. And I was like, why? Like, I, I don't understand that. When he was the Jets head coach, they went to back-to-back AFC Championship games, and they beat the Patriots one of those years. With Mark Sanchez at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also the great history of Rex Ryan's dad being Buddy Ryan, the defensive coordinator, when the Bears last won the Super Bowl. So I don't mm -hmm. know where these Bears fans were coming up with that stuff. <laughs> uh, Bears fans always find a way to get into our podcast, even when they're out of the <laughs> I mean, when I move away from here eventually... Someday when I get out of the Midwest or get out of Illinois, <laughs> I won't have any complaints or any, I won't know what they're talking about. Maybe it's I'll just still, because, it's, it's because we see it so much. Yeah, yeah. Around we here, see it so much. hear it. It's so present. And let me make it clear too, the three and four road, road, it's not a knock on Brady. It's really how impressive they've been during this dynasty run that they've only had to play seven road games. Yeah. Isn't that mind blowing? I mean, you in terms of AFC title games, Tom Brady has been in, what, 76%. He's made the AFC title game 13 of his 17 completed seasons because he was injured one year. He's 8-4 and four all time in AFC title games. Think of how many playoff – I mean, look at how many playoff runs that is. And he's only, they've only had to play seven road games throughout this entire dynasty. And, look, I know they've feasted on a really bad division – you know, Buffalo hasn't been good. The Jets had those couple years, but have been really bad apart from that. Miami's really never been great. But still, that is extremely impressive. Well, it's interesting because when the Patriots came up and won the division the first time, I mean, the, the Dolphins were a really good team for a little bit in the early 2000s, and the Jets were too. Chad Pennington had led yeah. them on a little playoff run one year, and 
I mean, the division hasn't always mm-hmm. been that bad. It's just like, it's like the Patriots have messed them all up since. <laughs> yeah, and you see, and there was this really cool graphic. I don't know who made it, but it was like of coaches that had coached a certain AFC team, AFC East team, and then went on to another AFC East team. And there were like three or four of them in this during this Patriots dynasty. And it's just funny to see that the, you know these teams are replacing coaches with other coaches that had coached in the division. And still haven't been able to solve the pass. So the other, the losses yep. had to have been in Denver at least once. Mm-hmm. I wonder, did they lose in Denver twice? Um, I know another one was uh, they lost to the Colts mm-hmm. in Indy. Yep. So Peyton had as a couple on them. I'm looking, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to find these road games. I want to say Sanchez may have. Did the, the Jets ever have home field over the Pats or no? No. Okay. Okay. So road playoff loss. Road playoff losses. I have them. They lost to the Broncos in 05. Because that would have been Jake Plummer. Yes. They lost to. Let's see. They lost to the Colts. So that was the Dungy. Yeah, that was Dungy the year the Colts Dungy won the Super Payton. Bowl. Yep, Dungeon Payton. They lost to Denver again in the 13 AFC title yeah, game. Yeah, I remember that one. So two in Denver, and, and then and then Sanchez. they lost to the 15 AFC title game. Or, yeah, against Denver again. <laughs> oh, so they didn't lose on the road to the Jets then? They did not. No, it was Denver three times. Wow. Oh yeah. Why would yeah? Sorry, I was mistaken. Yeah, 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 Why yeah. would the Jets have won the division? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't ha- that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, it was three times Denver beat Tom Brady in the on the road, and the only other was Peyton Manning. And I think what Peyton was part of what three of those teams was he yeah. part of the thirteen Denver as well? Yeah, he was thirteen, fifteen, and oh six, and, and then the yeah, and, and then the, the Colts won, yeah. and then the oh five Denver was the Plummer team. And wow, the okay. fifth. The 15 Broncos, that was the year that Peyton was like on life support in the pocket. Yeah. That yeah, was a he was not, really he was not, weird year. He wasn't Peyton Manning. Yeah. Defense won went one championships that year. It literally did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I wanted to bring that up. I thought that was extremely interesting is that, you know, he's made the AFC title game this many times and they've only been forced to play seven road games. So it, while it's a, kind of a small sample, this is an environment that really Brady hasn't had to play in too many times in the postseason. And I'm going to guess, if you have the ones they won, do you have those in front of you? Because I think I know of two of them. The ones they won? Yes. Uh, I can pull them back up. I'm pretty sure they won in Pittsburgh twice. (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. It was Uh, 0-4. They won in Pittsburgh 0-1. Yeah, 01 and 04. 04, they won in Pittsburgh as yeah. well. And then the only other road playoff game they've won during this run is the AFC semifinals in San Diego in 06. He, Tom Brady has not won on the road in the postseason since 06. That's unbelievable. That is mind blowing. And he's played. Has he? Pl- he's played three road games since. Or no, he. Yeah, he's won. probably played three. Yeah, he's lost all three of them. Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting heading into this game. Does that change your mind on who, you, who you're predicting to win? And let me tell you real quick, mm-hmm. Kansas City at Arrowhead, that's a rocking place. Oh, They're no, very loud. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. It's probably one of the tougher places to play in the league, I would say. If Brady pulls this off 
I don't want to say like off the top of your head, where does this rank in terms of his greatest performance, but this needs to be near the top, I would think. This would be, it's hard because of the Super Bowl wins, obviously. Yeah, if we're talking just uh, AFC playoffs. It would be, I think this would be a, this would be a big time win. And did you, did you see also that it's supposed to be like sub-zero temperatures? No, I did not see yes, that. Yes, it's extremely low temperature. I know it's under 10. Who Is do you it going to snow there too this weekend? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's just really, really cold or if there's snow coming along with it. But would you say that leans in the Patriots' favor there? I would. Yeah, I would as well. Brady's very good. Brady always seems to perform very well in very cold weather. Yeah, to get that Big Ten quarterback. That's what happens. Granted, I mean, it was cold <laughs> there last week in the snow, and Mahomes played very well, so... Yeah, um, it wasn't as snowy, I think, as people were expecting I would it to agree. be. I would agree. It cleared up before the game started. But still, speaking th- of snow games, Jordan, I watched the <laughs> I, I watched the Tuck Roll game oh, uh, in its entirety last weekend. But how did you come to the point of watching that game over again? <laughs> Jordan, that was one of those games from my childhood that I can remember exactly where I was watching that game. Mm-hmm. And it was very early on as my time as a sports fan. I was probably like seven years old. Yep. Um, but for some reason, I was like, I was just thinking, okay, we're going to have this blizzard in Kansas City. It's going to be awesome. I love snow football. And then I just started thinking, I'm like, man, the tuck rule game, that's the biggest snowstorm I can remember for a playoff game. I'm like, that was a great game. Went to overtime. Yep. Vinatieri hit a couple of really tough kicks. It was, was a like, really low. It was a low-scoring game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was thirteen to ten or something like that. 16, 16, 13. 16, 13, 16 yeah. 13. Wow, that that was kind of that was the start, Jack. <laughs> it was, and it's funny because you hear uh, Greg Gumble and Jim Nance are like, "How is Tom Brady going to perform? He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. He must be getting some nerves." And started to become a killer there. And it's gone on for 18 years now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one of the greatest sports dynasties ever. No doubt about it. Question. Let me ask you this question because this was discussed on some shows this week. Brady now has been in. It's it's so he's been in a good chunk of consistent AFC title games in 13 of 17. How many years in a row, Jack? It's been at least eight. I was going to say at least six to seven. Yeah. Okay. Eight. And then LeBron in the NBA has been in how many consistent NBA finals now? <laughs> probably the same number, honestly. I think it, it might be eight. Yeah. Um, which, in, in your opinion, is the more impressive number there? Well, I would say, in general, mm-hmm. I think it's tougher for a football team to do that eight years in a row. I would, I would agree 100%. It has nothing to do with either of these guys. Nope. Just I would say, for football... Because of the way that they make your schedule so stacked, if you're the number one team in your division year in and year out, mm-hmm. you have the salary cap. Whereas in basketball, if you're able to, and this you, isn't also, this isn't all the same team no, in the no. NBA. So in basketball, star players can, right now, they can play together. And they. I think the league is a lot more top heavy. Mm-hmm. Where I think football is also on a more equal playing field. I would agree, and I, yeah, and especially in terms of the NBA too. I mean, if you're the best player alive, we've seen really throughout the history of the game that that really equates or ends up being that you know you're going to have a really good chance to get to the finals if you're the best player in the league. 
Yeah. We've and seen that throughout time. Also in the East, too. <laughs> well, that, I mean, but yeah, and I think you look at the East through them, and then you look at Brady's division, which hasn't been great. You know, well, you can East. also look at the AFC, though, because you've had True. the Patriots, you've had the Colts, you've had... True, yep. So I think it's 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 definitely very, you know, both these teams, while they've had, or I guess both these records, while they've had some breaks here and there, uh, both, I would say both their runs are just absolutely phenomenal that we've been able to see. Yeah, insane. So what else are you looking for in this game? Um, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm not nearly as nervous in this game. I think Mahomes is going to play well. I'm not nervous about him as I am Goff. Um, I think being at home will help Mahomes a lot. Um, but, you know, the Patriots have pretty standardly done a very good job handling young quarterbacks. Um, so yeah. whether they're going to take away Travis Kelsey in this game, whether they're, or whether they're going to try and take away Tyreek Hill in this game, it just feels like the Patriots always do a good job kind of shutting down a guy's number one. Um, so it might come down to the Sammy Watkins, you know, making a couple plays in the passing game or Damian Williams, who really has broke onto the scene since Kareem Hunt, you know, happened. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's really shown great ability, not only running the ball, but in the passing game as yeah. well. Um, so it'll be really interesting. I think that's one of the more intriguing things is if if Belichick, like he has been able to, is able to, you know, take away maybe one of your best weapons you know, which guy for the Chiefs is going to step up. And I think that's something to look out for. Yeah, I was just thinking my prediction for this game, I'm going to give you a pick right here because Go right it coincide. well, it doesn't coincide, but it relates <laughs> to what you just said. Mm-hmm. It's that what we've seen Belichick do in recent years is he goes into the half and it's like he's a computer and he downloads everything he just saw and he figures out, how to shut it down. So I think the Chiefs are going to be up at the half. It may be up by 7, it may be 10, it may be 13. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be up, and you're going to be seeing people on Twitter, the Empire is finally over, and (laughs) Brady's going to lose and everything. And they might lose. I, I can't make it more clear than we what we've said. This Chiefs team is legit. They're very good, and they could win this game. I think... And it's I think very well coached game. too, Jack. Yes. I think that that needs to be said as well. While Andy Reid necessarily hasn't won the big games, he's been downright phenomenal throughout his career. He's yeah. been about as, as consistent um, in terms of coaching good football teams really since he's gotten in the league. Um, and look, I, I think I think you make a great point. I think in terms of halftime adjustments, Belichick's is as good as anybody in the league. Um and I think that probably will play a key factor. That that also, Jack, I think it's important there is, you know, it's kind of important for the Chiefs to be up at half in this game, I would say. Yeah. It, it, it feels like that. You do not want to be down to Brady uh, at any point in time because, one, he has the ability, and I think this might play a key role as well. He's so good, and really the Pats as a whole are so good at maintaining these long drives so it'll be an 11 play seven minute eight minute nine minute drive they just eat clock um and you know keeping patrick mahomes off the field in this game may be as important as anything for the pats and that might be one of their goals is really to ensure some long drives in this game whether that's using james white for the short pass game whether that's going to be a a feed sony michelle type game 
Or really what we've seen and what we saw kind of against the Chargers, you know, using Edelman over the middle. Um, in terms of getting extra yards, by the way, I have to mention this. Edelman was absolutely phenomenal in that game. <laughs> he's yeah. about as he's about as good as any receiver as I've seen in terms of when he's first touched, it seems like he always gets an extra two yards out of it. And that was, he did that a couple times right along the first first down line in that Chargers game. He was really, really good. And I was really impressed with what I saw from him in that game. Um, the guy who comes to mind for me uh, in terms of yards after the catch after being touched is Larry Fitzgerald. Another good one. Another yeah. very good one. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think in terms of you know long drives, I think that's going to be something the Pats might try and focus on in this game. And you know, there's nobody better to illustrate that than Tom Brady. Yeah. So I'm going to say my pick. I think the Patriots are going to win by one score late in the fourth quarter. I think it'll be going back and forth towards the end. I think it's going to be similar to that game your team played last year against the Patriots, where they were up at half, the Patriots figured yeah, you them out. It. You have to bring yeah. that one up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's what came to mind. You can bring it's up fair. what happened, it's what you guys fair. did to my team. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I okay. think you'd be happy to have gotten there. I surely am. I'll take an AFC Conference Championship <laughs> appearance. <laughs> so, you have the, so you have the Pats winning on a late drive? Uh, well... Or a late stop. I think they're going to win. Okay. They will win by one score. Okay. I think this is going to be a very close game. I can see it going back and forth. Before the playoffs, I said this feels like a year where the Pats are able to make a run in the, in the AFC, as they have in the past. Um, and I picked them to get to the Super Bowl. I'm going to stay with that pick. I like the Patriots in this game. I think Brady makes a couple really big-time throws. And I think they have some long drives in this game. I think they eat the clock. I think they dominate time of possession. And maybe their defense is able to force Mahomes into a turnover or two that kind of really turns the table in this game. But I like the pass. Jack, I think one score is a good number for this game, whether it's the Chiefs scoring late and making it a one-score game or uh, the Pats getting a crucial stop at the end. But I do think one score um, is where I'm going on the Patriots end. By the way, spreads in the, both these games are three for the home teams. Oh, so essentially, so essentially it's a pick them. Yep. They're given three points for home. I think this will be the superior game on Sunday. Is this the first game? The second game. This is the second game. So yep. they must think that too. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, it and the Brady Mahomes is probably extremely intriguing. <clears throat> yeah. Some may so that, see it as the passing of the torch. <laughs> yes, a lot of people do, and here's the thing. Even if Mahomes does, in fact, beat the Patriots this year, mm-hmm. I think the Patriots are going to be back next year. <laughs> no, they'll be, they, they always find a way, don't they? <laughs> yeah, as long as some, Brady keeps playing, we'll see. Somehow, some way. But yeah, I think, okay, so we both had the Patriots in this game. On yeah, the we, both, we both picked them going into the playoffs. We mm-hmm. also both picked them as the AFC team mm-hmm. coming into the season, which is not a very bold pick. But uh, No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, they're here. Yeah. We were right. And our NFC preseason pick didn't make the playoffs. We both agreed on that. Yeah. That was the ugly. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> All right, so who do you have in the NFC side of this? I'm going to guess that you are sticking with your Rams pick. 
Saints pick. Yes, I, I'm Saint, sti- Saints. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm sticking with my Saints pick heading into the playoffs. I like the Brady Breeze Super Bowl. I'm going to stick with that. Um, keys to this game that I see the Saints. I think Saints being at home is huge in this game. I think Jared Goff maybe struggles a little bit in this game and, and turns the ball over a couple times that end up in points for the Saints. Um, and in terms of like potential blowouts, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the like the Saints to me have a much better chance of blowing out the Rams than any of these other any of these other teams. I think if the Saints get up early, it can get really dangerous. Um, and I think we see Breeze turn it up a little bit. You know, they, sure they got off to a slow start against the Eagles, but I think the Saints offense is going to be in tip top form. Um, and that Rams defense, you know, they have the playmakers. Those guys are going to have to make big plays in this game. I, I just don't see it happening enough. I like the Saints at home. And we disagree here, which is good. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> no, we disagreed on a fair couple in the first one. Yeah. But uh, why do you have the Rams? Well, they were, again, we're both sticking with our pre-playoff picks. Mm-hmm. I do, th- I do see this game a little differently because I did think the Saints were going to fall victim to that losing the Eagles or losing the Seahawks or someone like uh-huh. that because just the rust factor, everything. This is going to be a much taller task to ask the Rams to go into the Dome and win as opposed to hosting the Eagles out in L.A. But... I think that they're going to run the ball extremely well. I think they're going. that is going to be a big-time thing. I think the biggest thing I'm going to look for in this game is how do the corners play. You have some great corners in this game. Great you have point. Tlaib, you have Marcus Peters, and we didn't even talk about on the other side, you have Lattimore. Yep, and, and he's... Uh... There's a there's maybe one or two young corners who are a little bit better, but he's up there. Yeah. There's no question about it. He's big time. What do you have? Two? I think he had two picks in that last game. Yeah, and I know you pay a, very close attention to cornerback play too. I do. <laughs> I'm a big Jalen Ramsey guy. He's one of he's one of the two I would have ahead. Uh, Darius but, Slay. Yeah, he's up there too. Um, I mean, there's so many good young corners. I would know. I think Lattimore is a top three though in terms of those young guys. Um, and in terms of, you know, playmaking, he's probably about as good as any of them. Uh, he made two big plays in that, that first interception was huge in that last game. Um, and then he ended up making the, the, the game ending interception kind of luckily behind being lucky behind Alshon Jeffrey. But regardless, yeah, I would, I, I think that's a great point. Cornerback, there's some big time corners in this game and really there's some big time receivers. So which one of those guys? Which one of those Rams? Is it Peters? Is it Tlaib? Who focuses Michael Thomas? Um, do they split time? They very well might split time. Thomas plays in the slot a lot, so that can be a really tough matchup for a corner. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they, they, they try and counter him. And you have Brandon Cooks against the team that drafted him. Great point. Great point. I, Good old Brandon Cooks. He's been around the league now. <laughs> I, he has, It's and he's only in his fourth year. Yeah, (laughs) But here's what I think. I think this game is going to be won and lost in the first quarter. Because if I don't think the we talked about this already, but I don't think the Saints Mm -hmm. can afford to go down early. If it stays close and you go into the second half and we go into the situation that you are expecting, then I would expect Mm -hmm. Breeze to outplay Goff. But I just, I think... My big thing is I think the Rams can get off to an early lead and nurse that lead the rest of the way. 
Well, and I think that would be too, they're huge too on the Rams side of the ball too, if they're able to play with a lead, because then you can get more aggressive with the pass rush. Yeah. You've got some big time playmakers on that Rams front. Yeah. Aaron Donald's one, Dante Fowler, the former Jaguar. He's a big time playmaker. Sue. He's an edge rusher. Yep. Nadamik and Sue was getting to him. So there's some big name, like there's some big time players on that line. And if they're able to play with a lead, get more aggressive, blitz a little bit more, maybe you're able to get to Breeze. Um, consistently and kind of force him into some bad decisions, force a fumble or something like that. Um, that's a good point. I do think the Rams have the type of defense that if you're able to play with a lead can be very dangerous. Can you imagine if the Rams had gotten Khalil Mack? Because they put in this basically uh-huh. the same offer as the Bears did. Yeah. And w- yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of a defense, I don't know if you look at stars, like <laughs> names. Uh, there might not have been a better defense ever in, ter- in terms of how many stars are on that side of the ball. Now, whether it would have been as dominant, you would have to look at that. But um, that would have been that would have been something to watch for sure. I think the Rams had a bit of a forgot about Dre moment in that last game. <laughs> and why is why is that? <laughs> how do you like that way of saying it? Yeah, no, well played. <laughs> I think that they got written off the second they started to slump and towards the end of the season. But going into the season, looking at the roster that they accumulated with all those stars, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the trap, they also had to pay Aaron Donald too. The yep. trap was going to be, could this be like the Eagles of seven, eight years ago where they picked up all those guys on the defensive side uh, when they had Michael Vick as their quarterback and they mm-hmm. picked up Vince Young as a backup, and they were calling themselves a dream team, and they missed the playoffs. So, you, you remember that team, by the way, right? Yeah, I do. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, they got, I think where they were coming from is, hey, if we can establish a culture, everyone gets along, we mesh these stars together on the defensive side. Now, we haven't seen them, like you said, they haven't looked dominant as a defense. Maybe not yeah. what we expected, but... Mm-hmm. They're right where they would have loved to be. First round by in the playoffs, playing in the NFC title game with mm-hmm. most of the team healthy. Really, the only guy they lost is Cooper Cup, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah, I think so. Unless, uh, you know, maybe an offensive lineman or something, but I'm not aware. I think, yeah, I think people have forgotten about this team. When they started out the season 6-0, and 7-0, people were like, this team maybe has the talent to go undefeated, which we have those conversations Every time there's someone that's undefeated but <laughs> to start the season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the talent is there on this team. I think people are sleeping on them. I think they're going to come out of the dome with a win this weekend. That's an interesting take, yeah. And I think – I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and we can talk about this on a different podcast. Yeah, we'll, but we'll it's talk gonna Super be interesting. Bowl in a couple weeks. Yeah, no, yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting, too. You talked about the free agency and the way they approach it. They sign these big names. They spend a lot of money. Saw that with the, really with the Jags last year, too. It's going to be interesting moving forward if teams kind of try and follow that landscape to where, you know, you spend the big free agent money on some of these guys. And look, the windows are going to be short for teams like this unless, you know, the the young quarterback turns out. Um, But still, I mean, look, the Rams are in the NFC title game. So you have to consider this probably a success um, of the way they spent the money and, you know, where they wanted to end up spending that money and now you know you're on the road at the saints and you have a chance to go to the super bowl so it ended up paying off for them um well done by that front office to to get those guys and uh it ended up working out and i know they got peters by trade 
Uh-huh. Did they sign Sue? I believe they signed Sue, yes. Did they sign Talib? They signed Talib. They traded for Fowler. I mean, there's there were a lot of big big time moves on that defensive side of the ball. It's been a job well done. It's ended up working out for them. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for this weekend. I'm done. I don't have any more thoughts, Jordan. Do you? No, I, th- I think we've laid it out. Good luck. Go, go, yeah. Patriots and Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I want to touch on that one that matchup you have real quick. Okay. I just want to say, I would love to see Brady Breeze. It's like mm-hmm. we've talked. I remember two years ago we were on a podcast. We really wanted to see Brady and Rogers, mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to see Kobe versus LeBron in the finals yeah. at one point. Yeah. It would be the perfect storm for us as sports fans to get that in terms of a Breeze and Brady matchup. It just feels a little too good to be true. So <laughs> I think one of those two teams is going to lose this weekend unfortunately yeah and i'm right there with you as a sports fan there is nothing that really you can ask for that would be better than a breeze brady super bowl especially towards the you know this late in their careers you don't know how many more runs they have it would be a great great situation for any sports fan so that's it jordan thanks for coming on lots of fun today for sure jack thank you for having me as always and uh, lastly, do you want to toss any social media um, accounts stuff or anything you want to promote out there? Uh, just my personal Twitter, at RealJMoranini, tweet some sports stuff. Uh, had some sports opinions and had some people debate a little bit on that <laughs> the, last, the last time <laughs> I was on this. So, uh, yeah, just give me a follow there and uh, feel free to argue with me if I'm incorrect. Okay, great. So that was Jordan Morandini. Had a lot of fun talking about the playoffs today with him and the conference championships. So thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. We've got Spotify. We're out there in a lot of places. So subscribe and write us a review on iTunes. That would be excellent for the podcast. Tell your friends about us. Very much appreciated. I'll be back again sometime soon. Uh, We will see when that is, either next week or the week after. Definitely we'll talk some Super Bowl stuff eventually. And then I'm going to be taking a quick break from the podcast as I will be having my thyroid removed in middle of February. But I told the surgeon, I said, make sure you get me ready before March Madness so I can go crazy. So... I will be back, but I'm going to have to take a short little hiatus sometime in about a few weeks or so. But other than that, that's it for today's show. Thank you to everyone for listening. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters.